Welcome to the Mean Lady Talking Podcast, the tough-talking, advice-giving show by the not-really-mean, mean lady, Susan J. Elliott. Good day, everybody. This is Susan Elliott, host of the Mean Lady Talking Podcast. And welcome to episode 75. I realized that I've been away for a while. I started getting bronchitis a few weeks ago, and I decided that I didn't want to go through the horror show that I went through last year where I was sick for two months because I didn't take care of myself when it originally happened. Twice in the past four years, bronchitis has fo- has been followed by pneumonia. I don't know if bronchitis turns into pneumonia or what it is, but, but what the connection is. But twice in four years, I had bronchitis turn into pneumonia. And last year, it didn't turn into pneumonia when I went off the air for a couple of months, but I, I wasn't getting any better. And I was really miserable for a few months, and I didn't want that to happen again this year. So... When my voice first started going, I first started coughing a lot during the middle of the night. Usually the change in weather will do it. It's usually in the spring. It's not usually in the fall, but the last two years has been in the fall and the spring. Then I had what I think was a medication reaction where I was like deathly ill. And and it's typically what happens when I have a a response to a medication. My doctor didn't put me on a new medication. He just They just changed from a brand name to a generic. And many times I've had a severe reaction to that. And this time was severe vertigo and nausea. Severe nausea, severe vertigo for almost a week. And there were times where I couldn't even stand up without the world spinning. And I talked a little bit about it in the Facebook group, but I'm still not 100%. I, I I didn't eat for four or five days, and I'm just getting back now, back into a more normal routine with eating. I'm still having, you know, soup and tea and not feeling too well. But I wanted to get back to my meanies and to everybody, and I've been getting a lot of email from you guys, and I really appreciate it. And some of you have just asked me how I've been. And so if you sent me email and I haven't answered you, I apologize. I'm really behind on everything. There were days I didn't even touch my computer. And I said something in the Facebook group because I said, didn't even crawl out of my sick bed to check the Facebook group. I have great moderators. They do a fantastic job. And we had a little dust up in there with one of the moderators and some new person who came on and didn't get enough sympathy that she wanted. And we all know where you can find sympathy. She didn't like it. And then she went after one of my moderators on her personal page, which was complete boundary violation, completely wrong, completely unacceptable. But in the note that I wrote to the group about the incident, I said, while I was sick, I was deathly ill. I thought to myself, I have to check on the Facebook group. And then I thought, no, the mods have it. You know, I know that they have it. I don't have a moderator for uh, the podcast to do that. So I apologize for that. But I really felt times that I've been losing my voice. Like today, it's pretty cool. And my voice has started to seem a little scratchy. But I really wanted to get something out to you guys and let you know that I'm still alive. Before we get started, I want to welcome a new mini, Jeff. 
And Jeff, you asked for a book and that will be going out to you this weekend, the 28th of September. And anybody else who was owed a book, I think I have a couple that need to go out and I'll be mailing the books this weekend. So you'll be getting those and I apologize for the delay. But Jeff, thank you and welcome to Meany Hood. You're in very good company and I truly appreciate the support. I want to give a shout out to my M Meanies. Maria, Melinda, Melissa, and Mira. Thank you, ladies, so much for your support of the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Now, one of the things that I was working on, and I wanted to talk to you guys about it a little bit, is I keep mentioning the Emma Walker Stalking podcast that I've been working on, and people have sent me an email, what about this person, what about that person, many of them from Canada, UK, Australia that I never heard of, some guys in there. As you guys know, the male stalking video was about Travis Alexander, who was killed by Jody Arias, and Ryan Poston, who was killed by Shani Hubers. And the reason why I used Travis and Ryan in that podcast was because, first of all, 30% is a high percentage for male stalking victims. Women do stalking, you know, pretty well. And there's actually a story that I'm going to cover in the stalking podcast, even though it's a man who was stalked by an ex, a woman. She was so outrageous that she did exactly what goes up my spine. She used the domestic violence laws against this guy, and she had this guy fired. She had him locked up three different times. He hadn't done anything to her, and her her behavior was so outrageous that she was sentenced to prison time, and I'll be talking about that on the stalking podcast, even though I want to do one for women who are 70% of the stalking victims. And many of these cases that you guys have sent me, I didn't know about. And I I really appreciate it. I'm, I have a notebook here. I, I found these great little notebooks on Amazon. They're, they're quality office supply. They come in black and red and they're the exact right size because I make notes all day long about talk about this on the podcast, write an article about that. Here's a piece of research about that. You know, I'm always writing. I'm always thinking. So if I'm not on the podcast, if you're not hearing my voice, I'm still doing research for you guys. I'm still working on things. The Jody Arias Appeal podcast. I actually recorded two of them, but my voice is really scratchy and I really want to re-record them. But I want to let you guys know that if you're not hearing the podcast, I'm still working on things and I'm working on questions that you've asked me and things like that to pull things together. So I want to give you a little bit of preview about what the female stalking video is going to have. And like I said, it is going to contain a couple of guys, but I was really appalled. And Emma Walker was a cheerleader and, you know, she was like blonde hair, blue eyed. And I know that there's a perception that girls that look like Emma Walker get more attention in the media than girls that don't look like Emma Walker, you know, girls that have, uh, that are darker skinned or of, of a ne- another ethnic background. And I'm not going to get into that because I have a lot of the same coloring as Emma Walker. And I know that I went through hell with the legal 
system and with the grand jury not believing me or not, they weren't interested in the fact that my boyfriend stabbed me. What they were interested in was that I kept going back to him because they didn't understand the dynamics of domestic violence relationships. And a lot of the laws that are on the books to protect domestic violence victims hadn't been on the laws when I went through it. But it seems like it's still a problem. It's still a problem for women to be heard. And and I find this across the board, and it may be worse for minority victims, and I would believe that it would be, but I think that it's bad for all females, you know, that they're just still not being heard. And part of the problem I I suggest to you is that there are women, like this woman who had this guy locked up three times, and like Jody Arias, who want to use the domestic violence laws that have been enacted to protect women as weapons against men who have, in their in their eyes, wronged them. So I, I'm furious when people, and and not only women do it, men do it too. I mean, anybody who uses child protective services, domestic violence, and that stuff is not truly happening. You are the scum of the earth as far as I'm concerned. All of those resources are just completely flat out and real victims need their help, not these crazy games that you've decided to play. And that's why Jody Arias annoys me as much as she does because she wanted to portray herself as a domestic violence victim and she was just a lunatic who who wreaked revenge on her ex-boyfriend. That's all there was to that. And she wanted to hijack the domestic violence victim laws. And it's not okay. It's just not okay. And this woman, her name was, oh, Tawny Blues. I can't say her name. Tawny Baglaus. Tawny Blazgowski. The guy's name was Joe Good that she did this to. I was outrage what she did to this man. But she wound up getting seven years in jail. She never had any prior record or anything. But she, her behavior was so outlandish that she wound up getting seven years in prison over what she did to this guy. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Another case that I didn't know about is Holly Gazard in the UK. She was killed by her ex-boyfriend, Asha Maglin. And he was one of these guys like Jody Arias, like, like Shani Hubers, and so many of them, and I can rattle them off, you know, as I sit here, who threatened suicide if she broke up with him. And being a good person, if you see a picture of Holly Gazard, it's G-A-Z-Z-A-R-D, you kind of see this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed girl on the cusp of living her life. You would see a lot of Emma Walker and Holly Gazard, and they were separated, you know, by thousands of miles. And the thing that is very similar, and I've said this so many times to my clients in my practice, to women that I've worked with in groups, you don't have to come from a dysfunctional family to become a domestic violence victim. In fact, many times it's women who were brought up in a loving family because they trust other people and they see the good in other people and they think good of other people. And this is goes back to what I'm always talking about, the frame of reference. If you believe that people are basically good, 
you're going to behave from that point of view. So her ex-boyfriend, Asher Maglin, he, you know, he stalked her, he harassed her. She wanted to go to become a hairstylist. She went to school and her dream was to get a job on a cruise ship. She got the job on the cruise ship. He just harassed her to come back. And this happened to me 30 years ago where my my first husband harassed me and harassed me and harassed me when I went away to college to come back. They wear you down. I mean, I've been in that situation. They just wear, they won't leave you alone. You cannot enjoy your experience because they won't leave you alone. But she actually believed in the good in people and he was very controlling and he said, don't let those people take you away from me, meaning her family. Now, the Guzzards, like the Walkers, were a very loving, caring family, and they were they were really scared for Holly. And he came into the salon, and he, he stabbed her to death. And one of the reasons she stayed in touch with him was because he threatened suicide. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you know anybody, please talk to your kids about this if you've got kids. I said, I had this happen to my youngest son when he was in the eighth grade. And I caught it because we had one phone in the family and it was in the kitchen and had a long extension cord where you could run around the house with it. But I still caught the conversation. But in this day of texting and social media and cell phones, you might not catch this. If I didn't catch this, I don't know what would have happened. But my son was in the eighth grade and his girlfriend that he was trying to break up with because she was a looney tune said, you know, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself. And he was so upset. You know, he thought that she would. I mean, in our family, people didn't go around threatening suicide. So he was concerned. And I said to him, tell her that if she threatens suicide, you're going to call her parents. And I said, you are not responsible for keeping someone else alive. And that thread runs through so many of these coercive, abusive relationships where one person keeps the other person involved because they keep threatening suicide. Please let everybody you know that if somebody's threatening suicide, first of all, I know as a psychiatric clinician, a lot of times it's just a lot of manipulation and it's not going to happen, but you're not responsible for keeping anyone alive. If you need to break up with somebody, you need to break up with them. You're not responsible for how they respond to that. You are responsible for you. Put a period and move on. Don't go back to them. Don't stay in contact with them because you're afraid that they're going to kill themselves. It's not your responsibility. Travis Alexander, worried about Jody Arias, he's dead. Ryan Poston, worried about Shannon Hubris, he's dead. Holly Gazard worried about Asher Maglin. She's dead. And I'm looking at my notes here. There's another case. I've I have I had to start a new notebook for all the cases that people were sending me. And I and I've watched trial that's available. I've watched, I've read newspapers, I've watched, I've watched newscasts and stuff. And I really, really appreciate people sending me these cases because a lot of them I didn't know about. Lauren McCluskey, she was a star athlete at her university. And this is another thing. Her ex-boyfriend lied about his age, lied about his record, and lied about his name. So a lot of times I tell people you can do a background check on somebody. 
Uh, but she wouldn't have been able to find him because he lied to her about absolutely everything. He was a convicted sex offender. She had no idea, no idea at all. But she described him initially as charming. And I've said it on a previous podcast. If you think of somebody as charming, that should not be a, oh, let me jump into that froggy pond. No, it should be, let me run away quickly. So many of these people that I'm going to talk about were described as charming. Like it's not a good word. Charming, they're usually trying to charm you. Now, Lauren repeatedly asked for help and she felt like there was a disconnect between the university police and Salt Lake City police. And she said to her parents, again, from a loving family, she said to a fa- her, her family that she felt like the university police thought that she was bothering them. She had called them six times in the week before he killed her. Six times. She had called them over 20 times. And she even went to Salt Lake City and they said that this was happening on campus. So it was really the campus police that needed to be involved in this. And she was caught in this web. So, and if you look at Lauren McCluskey, you know, she's a star athlete. You'd think that she might get preferential treatment. She didn't. Okay, she didn't. So he also not only threatened suicide, but did commit suicide after he killed her. Like, why did he have to kill her? He killed her because of her rejection of him. But she was reaching out for help. She was doing everything right. She was telling her family, she was telling her friends, she was telling the police, and still she died. He also threatened to send videos of their lovemaking to her parents. There's revenge porn thing. I tell people all the time, don't take any photos or any videos that you don't want the whole world to see. Don't send any texts that you don't want your grandmother to see. If you're following the Amber... Geiger trial that's going on in Dallas right now, she was having a sexual affair with her partner. And some of it, they did a lot of stuff through Snapchat, which the the videos go, go away. Don't see them after a while. But they sent very explicit texts to each other. And now he's on the stand and, and he's having those texts, you know, up on the screen for all to see. If you don't want your grandmother to see your provocative text or photos or videos, don't take them. Please don't take them. Now, I don't know if Lauren McCluskey's ex, you know, had taped them without her knowledge or not, but in several of these cases, and the guy Joe Good, who was stalked by Tammy Tawny Blagowski, she sent naked pictures of him to everybody. And it's like, please don't send these pictures. You never know what they're going to be used for. Tiara, uh, boy, boy, you. I I'm sorry if I'm spelling her name wrong. It's P O Y O U. She was an African-American woman. She was killed by her boyfriend, Reginald Morse. Oh, no, she was, he wasn't a boyfriend. She, he was grinding on her at a dance, and he was drunk, and he shot her in the eye because he was grinding on her. And I don't know if you're a woman that's ever that happened to, but it's disgusting. And if you're a guy who has done that to a woman, well, I don't think a guy 
that would do that to a woman be listening to this podcast. But he was 20 years old. He was intoxicated. She was a tax intern at PricewaterhouseCoopers. She had a whole life in front of her. And because she told him to stop grinding on her, he shot her in the eye and killed her. Women have the right to say no. I mean, women have the right to say no. And the fact that this is going on in 2019 is absolutely horrible. Mariah Davis was killed by her boyfriend, Anthony Pimentel. The relationship had been abusive. And after they broke up, she did exactly what I tell people not to do. She went to meet him for lunch for closure. Please don't meet an ex for closure. Closure comes from inside you. No contact is important. You could talk to Antonio Brown, who was released from the Patriots because he couldn't stop texting his ex when they told him to stop communicating with her. No contact is vital. And no is no. Leave me alone is leave me alone. Please don't go back with an ex. Okay, now here's one. I'm always talking about how the new boyfriend and girlfriend did nothing to you. They owe no loyalty to you. They're not your mother, sister, friend. I mean, sometimes it is your friend, but that's not really a friend if they go off with your ex. But this woman named Chelsea Cook killed this woman, Lisa Williams, who was her her husband's new girlfriend. Now, she said she had to drop off cold medicine. Now, again, you don't need the ex to drop off cold medicine. Just say, I'll go to the store and get it myself. She tricked him to come outside and get the cold medicine, and then she went into his apartment where the new girlfriend was hanging Christmas ornaments with their three-year-old twins. Now. Their divorce had been final in January, so it'd been almost a year, but I separated from my ex-husband February 1st, and the first Christmas was really hard on me. I had really been moving on with my life. I was really having fun. I was really happy the marriage was over, but something about the holidays caused me to recycle in grief really, really badly. And I'll be doing a podcast um, probably sometime in October about holidays. And that's how GPYB basically went viral was how to get through your first breakup holidays. And I did a lot of writing at the time and for my own students who were struggling with it. And the blog went viral and that led to the book. And that's how this whole thing started. But I know it's a very emotional time. But there was a woman on YouTube who just stopped short of saying, if you don't want to get killed, don't be standing in for your boyfriend's ex, which is totally wrong. Totally wrong. The holidays are a very emotional time. She had no business being there. She came out of the bathroom and she shot the girlfriend through the stomach. Now, the woman on YouTube that I that I watched this video, thank God she hasn't had a lot of views because she really, she really kind of acts like she understands what Chelsea Cook did. There, there's no understanding about what she did. She mowed this woman down who did nothing to her. The woman was divorced 
And she made it sound like, well, she's the the hot young replacement, just triggered her in all kinds of ways. No, you know, the, the, I think the new girlfriend, was, I think Lisa Williams was like 26. Chelsea Cook was like 32. I mean, it's not a big difference. They're both blonde. You know, they both, I mean, they were kind of similar looking. But she comes out of the bathroom and kills this woman, because she's making Christmas ornaments with her three-year-old twins. Not a care about the three-year-old twins. Just let me mow this woman down. And, it, you know, it's just absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Okay, so now the twins don't have the, the girlfriend who might have been their stepmom, maybe, maybe not. And they don't have their mom because she's going to prison. Nina Riser went into her ex's house. The exact thing I tell people not to do. He was angry. There was all kinds of craziness that went on in that relationship, post-relationship. He was very angry. He knew judo. He had studied it for years. She knew that he was angry. She went in to pick up her kids. He smacked her into the pole and then he choked her to death. And he hit her body until he was doing a deal because her family really wanted the body back and they couldn't find it. It was in the Oakland Hills. He buried it in the Oakland Hills. But his son got on the witness stand. He had drawn pictures of his father dragging his mother's body out. The kid knew what happened, knew what happened. But she did exactly what I tell people not to do. Never go into an ex's house. Naya Hammond was killed by her ex, Pierre Gardner. It had been an abusive relationship, and after they broke up and she reported him for domestic violence, he killed her. There was a woman named Tiana Nottis who was killed by her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, James Carter II. She had called the police 33 times in six weeks, and they did nothing. They didn't take her seriously until he killed her. Sophia Whitney Wilcox was killed by Adam Chigwagwa. I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. She described him when they met as charming and funny. And he turned jealous and controlling. He pushed all her friends away. And I've talked about this, that your abuser will get you, but first he will get you alone. He will make sure that he isolates you. If you have a relationship where someone is trying to keep you from hobbies, interests, friends, that's a problem and you need to get out of that relationship. Now, a new meanie had written me and asked me, do you need to know if you were in an abusive relationship in order to heal? And I believe that you do because you need to know what abuse is. And abuse starts out with a push, with a let me see your phone. I've talked about this on other podcasts. Abusive relationships don't start out, let me smack you in the face. They start out charming and funny. They start out, let me let me put you on a pedestal. You know, I did. I was love bombed by my ex-husband. Like he couldn't do enough for me. He couldn't give me enough when we were just going out. But once we got married, he lowered the boom and I got nothing except jealousy, control. And then his cheating and abuse was, was my fault. Whitney Walker was so stalked and harassed by her ex, Kevin Singh, that she lost her job at Nordstrom. And if you listen to his attorney, he's basically blaming her. 
Hevenson killed her and was sentenced to only eight years. I don't know what that's all about, but I'll be looking into this. These are just preliminary notes that I've made on this. Alice Ruggles in the UK, I don't have her ex's name here, but it says his ex-girlfriend had a restraining order and she lost friends, she lost weight, and she lost self-confidence. He isolated her from everyone. And then he broke into a house and slit her throat after they broke up. Oh, this was a really, really sad one. You can look this up on YouTube. Rana Faruqi, another woman, if you look at her, gorgeous, in her 30s, educated, well-mannered, comes from a loving family who cared so much about her. She was killed. This is a UK case by her ex, Stephen Griffiths. And Rana Faruqi was one of these women, like Holly Gazard and like Emma Walker and like all the, you know, on and on and on, who believed in the good in people. And Stephen Griffiths' mother knew that they, that he had a problem and, and she told Rana that they would, they would take care of it. There's other families in here of perpetrators who would tell the ex-girlfriend, oh, please don't report him to the police. We'll take care of it. And they don't because they can't. And they think they can and they can't. Do not listen. If you have a family member, a friend, a loved one, anyone, a coworker, I don't care who it is. If they have a crazy ex who's stalking them, make sure they go to the police. Don't be so nice that they don't report it. Rana believed that Stephen Griffith's mother was going to take care of it, and they didn't. And he could be out in 14 years after he killed her because they said he was under a lot of mental stress at the time of the murder, and he had never been in trouble. So he could possibly be out in 14 years after he took this lovely, lovely woman away from her family and ended her life. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And his family promised her, promised Rana that they would keep him away from her. And they didn't. Laura Giddens was killed by a secret stalker that she had. She was a law student. She had just graduated. Now, another weird thing is when the stalker kills someone close to the person, to the ex. And that is in the the Wasim Dacker case. He killed Carmen Smith, who was his ex's downstairs neighbor. They were friends. And he stabbed her five-year-old son, Nicholas. And Nicholas survived and eventually testified against him. But Dacre represented himself thinking he was smarter than everybody. And both his ex-girlfriend and Nicholas had to testify and be cross-examined by this lunatic. I mean, really, really psychologically disturbing, just so psychologically disturbing that he decided to kill someone else. I have a whole list of things that I'm still working through. Jane Clow was killed by Jonathan Voss. Claire Burnell was killed by Michael Peck. Allison Blanton was killed by Roger, it looks like Troy. Holly Gazard, we did... Nicole Ledger was killed by Michael Adams. Shana Grice was killed by Michael Lane, and she was fined 90 pounds, this is in the UK, for wasting police time. 
She had reported her ex five times in six months, and they failed to warn him, and she was fined until she was killed. That's disgusting, and it's there was now retraining for risk assessment and stalking cases. But at this late great stage, women should not be fined for wasting police time for reporting a stalking act. All these dramatics. Ann Gordon was killed by you, Gordon. They were arguing during child exchange, and they had been arguing for days. And this is one thing that I tell people not to do. They had a drop-off at a police station, gunned her down at the police station. Jasmine Morris was killed by Christopher Rather. He asked her for one final conversation for closure. Yeah, it was a final conversation because he wound up killing her. Chelsea Anderson was killed by Tyler Ruiz. They had just broken up. And I have more, but I wanted to basically thank the people. Those are the ones that I've that I've started researching. Some of the last ones that I just rattled off the names. I haven't really gone deep into the story except for Shanna Grice, G-R-I-C-E, which I thought was absolutely horrible. That it takes a young woman's murder for police officers to be retrained in stalking. It's an epidemic and it's terrible. And I want to, you know, I also want to let you guys know that while I was sick and I was sick in bed and I really couldn't do much on the days that I was able to turn on the computer, I've been researching some of these things because you guys have sent them to me. You know, what about this person? What about that person? What about women of color? What about women of Indian descent? You know, Rana Faruqi was of, of Indian descent. What about women in Australia? You know, if you have more cases, send them to me. I will definitely take a look at them. I want to keep letting people know. No contact is for your safety. And if you think that you won't become a statistic, that's exactly who will become a statistic. Many of these women knew that their stalker wasn't going to stop until he killed her. And I felt that way about my boyfriend, who I managed to have locked up after he stabbed me because he couldn't make bail. You know, had he been able to make bail... He probably would have come after me right away, but he had four months to sit in jail and his grandmother put a house up for him to be out for Christmas, but I had him locked up the beginning of September when he stabbed me. But when I testified in front of the grand jury, it was all about why did you keep going back to him? And they didn't understand, like I was petrified of this guy. He had tried to kill me on more than one occasion. And I, you know, I basically wanted to say, what is it going to take? for you guys to do anything. He locked me in a closet for two days. Do you, you you have no idea when you're getting out. I mean, now I can sit here and say I was in there for two days. But when you're in there, you don't know when you're getting out or if you're getting out, if you're going to die in there. I was thirsty. I was hungry. I had to go to the bathroom. He choked me until I blacked out on more than one occasion. He tried to run me over with my own car. You know, what does it take? But that was 30 years ago. What is it going to take? And this man stalked me. I moved from New York to Connecticut to Rhode Island to Massachusetts, just continuing to get away from him. A lot of these women had no choice in moving. You know, Lauren McCluskey was at her university. She wanted to finish her education. She got killed. Holly Gaza tried to get away from this guy, and she went on her on the cruise line. And you think, if, you ha- if you're detached, you can go, oh, well, what the hell did she come back for? I know, I was badgered by my ex, my first husband, to come back from college. Come back, come back, come back, come back. 
promise the moon, the sun, the stars. And so anyway, I wanted to let you guys know that I've been doing all this research. I'm going to redo the Jody Arias uh, podcast. I'm going to do the stalking podcast. But I hear you. I wanted to apologize for being gone for a while. I'm trying to keep my health up and, you know, not get sick for the weather changes. And one of my boot camps is meeting October 11th. I'm really excited about that. And I wanted to stay healthy for that or be healthy for that, get healthy for that. I certainly don't want to be sick on that night. It's the first time I'll ever have a full boot camp coming together. More than half of the last of the last summer's boot camp uh, were from New York and New Jersey. And, and one member from South Carolina is coming up for a conference and we're going to get together in the city. And another member is coming up from Florida and another might be coming up from Virginia. So I'm really excited about this and I wanted to get healthy for that. So I, I apologize for being gone. Please keep sending me your thoughts, your topics, what you want to hear. I have a list. I'm going through them. And I'm working on things. And, you know, I just wanted to give you an update on what I've been doing on the Emma Walker stuff. And so it's not really, I mean, I will talk a lot about the Emma Walker slash Riley Gall relationship, but I'm also going to talk about these other cases. And I just want to let you know that I've done a lot of research. I really appreciate people sending me. If you have more stories about women of color, women in other countries, please send them to me, especially if it's a woman that has gone to the police more than once and gets rebuffed or like Lauren McCluskey seems to think that she's kind of giving her the vibe that they're bothering her or even worse, get fined for it. That just That's just so horrible. Anyway, I want to say... Thank you guys for hanging in there with me. I truly appreciate it. I hope I'm back on a weekly basis now. I'm going to try to pump out a few more podcasts. I am going to rest my voice. This is the most I've talked in in a couple of weeks. And I will be doing another podcast in a few days. And thank you so much for being there for me. I appreciate it. And I want to thank all my meanies for their support and Please keep sending me your email, your letters, your questions, your topics, and I will get to them. Thank you so much, guys. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.